Hey everybody, this is Mike Wardrop from Encounter Church Adelaide and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast, you can have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our preaching team. How do you know when you're in Encounter Church and not in another church? But the reason is when you're here, there's a different set of shared values, a different set of shared uh, culture, right? We, you know, we've got these four core values, Jesus, people, generous, and real. Two of those, if a church doesn't have them, probably back out slowly of those church, that church. If they're not about Jesus and they're not about other people, they're probably not quite doing what churches are meant to do. But generous and real are very specific to us. They're part of our culture. We also have these things we call cultural values, which we don't tend to talk about overtly too much. We talk about them in growth track a bit. But does anybody, elders, you can jump in here. Anybody know any of our cultural values? These are just things we like to say a lot from the front. Plus one mentality. Plus one mentality. Belong before you believe. Bucketless church. Oh, well, a bucketless church? Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. It is. That's cultural value. It's, it's tied in with our generosity. Yeah. We, uh, we believe the best in people. We're a future-focused church. The best is yet to come. We're an invitational church. I stole that one from Brian Houston, but it's good. We're an invitational church. We're a hospital for the broken. You know, all these things. There are lots of these. There's probably more that I say off the top of my head that I can't think about. Um, you can play them when you play Preaching Bingo next. But there, there's... Um, there, somebody's immediately... Jimmy's immediately started a Slack thread. <laughs> um, When you speak culture, the reason we have culture values and the reason we talk about culture is when you speak culture, you speak unity. You get around the same kind of things. So um, in in ancient Israel, what they had was, and uh, James, I mean, you can tell us, what did you have? (laughs) No. (laughs) What? In ancient Israel. (laughs) In ancient Israel, they had something called the Shema, the Shema. And this was this. This uniting phrase that said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And under that is where Israel gathered, under that statement. And it goes on, this is in Deuteronomy 6, it goes on to say, basically, put this phrase and these instructions everywhere. Bind them on your foreheads, put them on the gates of your home, on your bedposts. It was, you know, largely that was meant to be figurative, but Orthodox Jews take that literally. And when they come to worship, you see these instructions bound on them, like physically bound on them. (laughs) So, So we start with that. Here is our, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, which Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we build off this. Every Christian builds off this. And then we build shared values. Now, here's why sometimes you'll hear me talk about things like preferences. Sacrificing your preferences for the good of an overall union. Sacrificing our preferences for the good of the group, for the, good, the vision of everybody. Now, why do we do that? Because when we come together, especially still as a fairly new, fairly fresh church, because we come with baggage whenever we come and join any kind of community. It's the classic line, when you go around looking for the perfect church, as soon as you join it, it won't be the perfect church anymore. (laughs) Because we bring our baggage, we bring our preferences. This is what it looks like, okay, if you're still not convinced. Everybody was talking about their favorite color before, right? 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to count to three, and on the count of three, I want you to call out your favorite color. Ready? One, two, three. Let's try it again, louder than that. One, two, three. That was utter gibberish. <laughs> utter gibberish. But you've all got your favorite, but nobody's happy because no one understands each other. Now let's let's just pick a let's pick a color. Let's go. Let's go mustard. No, mustard's very on trend. We'll go mustard. There you go, Chelsea. Come on. <laughs> and what I want you to do is say that on the count of three, everybody just say mustard. One, two, three. Mustard. That's no, too loud. Just whisper it. One, two, three. Mustard. <laughs> Quieter, but clearer. You get it? Like everyone understands where we are when you lay down your preferences and say, even though that's my favorite color, when we gather together, we need to understand what we're about. Because if we're a cacophony of different noises, somebody who comes in and is exploring their faith, as many of you in this room have been and perhaps still are, you're going, I don't understand what you're about. I don't understand what you represent. I don't understand what you mean because they're all saying different things. So we gather around that sense of community. Shared language, unity in Christ. I want, I want you to do this quick little exercise in your head. You don't have to say it out loud just in case you get judged. <laughs> what do people think the most important ministry that we do on a Sunday is? Just in your head. Just be honest with yourself. It's okay. This is the point where if you're a worship leader, you can go, yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you what it is statistically. Jade, do you know? Clearly welcome. It's welcome. Yeah. It is welcome. Because the average person will decide within the first 10 minutes whether they're staying or not. So that's before the pre-service video is on. They decide whether they're staying or not based on the way people interact with them. And when you think about the experiences you shared, about what you love about this church... It will either have had to do with encountering the presence of God in a transcendent moment of worship or encountering Jesus Christ as people gather around you in a moment of community. Am I right? It was all either transcendent or community. That's what we do. This is the whole purpose of us gathering together. So welcome is statistically the most important ministry. Now, why is that important? Because it's the only ministry that every person does. Everybody is on the welcome team. Am I right, Jade? That's right. So let's jump into that scripture we looked at this morning. 1 Corinthians 12, okay? When we read this, we're meant to hear the importance of variety and doing big stuff and intimacy and doing small stuff. So let me just read a small part of it, okay? If the foot should say, this is verse 15, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? See, the Corinthian church was a damaged church. It honored the rich, dishonored the poor. It sinned without any fear of God. People were going around sleeping with their stepmothers. It was kind of creepy. They had stopped trying to be the people of God, partly because they'd stopped trying to honor God with their whole lives, partly because they'd stopped trying to honor one another. It's really important, both of those things. Jesus puts it this way in one of his parables, whatever you did for the least of these sisters and brothers of mine, you did for me. So when we gather together, you should at some point engage with somebody who, go, who you think 
this is not my preferred interaction. This is not my preferred person to talk to. It's why, you know, like one of the classic critiques of church is like, everyone gets in cliques. It's like, well, really they get in friendship groups. But I know the reason people feel this way is because people get in friendship groups and they're like, I don't know how to break in. The good part of friendship, that is people gather together and love one another is there, but I'm new and I don't know how to be included because people aren't welcoming me into these spaces. In the kingdom of God, the last are first and the first are last, which means whoever is least in our eyes, most difficult, most intimidating, most annoying, most extroverted, most introverted, most confronting, they need to be first in our hearts. <laughs> this is from our encounter membership service. When, when we invite people to become members, this is what we say. When we are members, we belong to each other. We lift each other up. We bear each other's burdens. We celebrate and grieve together. We teach, discipline, and encourage one another to become more like Jesus, to belong together. So our membership promises, our baptism promises, when we have dedications, they're all linked in with the idea of belonging to each other. So I think, I think Francis was the last baby we dedicated here, right? And, and when we dedicated him, one of the things we do is we ask the congregation to make promises back to Francis and back to the Fong family to say, we will help you grow. We will bear part of the responsibility for raising you up into Christ. Obviously not the same as Matt and Jessica do, but bearing some of the responsibility. Why? Because we belong to one another. Good timing, by the way, Matt. I'm about to talk about bodybuilding. Right. <laughs> let's, let's talk about bodybuilding, okay? We, we just, let me read that same part again of 1 Corinthians 12. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Can you hear insecurity in this? Oh, I'm, I'm just an ear. No, no, I'm not, not that important. Yes, you are. This is what happens. We, we start to think, am I, am I really needed? Would I really be missed if I wasn't here? And the clear answer is yes, you would. We are more when you're here. We are less when you are not. But the second part of this is important as well. Verse 19. And if they were all the same part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We need each other. So if the first part points to insecurity and self-esteem, the second one points to our pride, our ego and going, well, yeah, yeah, no, no, we're all important. But if you, if you catch me in an honest moment, maybe this part, our part's a little bit more important. And, you know, the other, no, they're important too, but not quite as important. It's like a 51, 49, <laughs> 55, 45, 70, 30 kind of thing. <laughs> this passage reminds us that, no, your area, your space, your ministry, your giftings are not more important than the other, even welcome, despite what I said before. All the gifts we bring are equally important. Let's, let's read this in a slightly different way, okay? Let's, let's hear how pride and insecurity really works. If the turkey should say, because I'm not an eagle, I'm not a real bird, it is not for that reason any less a part of the animal kingdom. And if the chicken should say, because I'm not an albatross, I don't belong in the aviary, it is not for that reason any less a part of the aviary. 
I've never seen an albatross in an aviary. <laughs> Perhaps I should have thought of that before I went with this analogy. If the whole aviary was full of eagles, where would the delicious eggs be? If the whole... I wouldn't eat an eagle's egg. That seems horrible. <laughs> if the whole body was an albatross, where would the sense of community be? Albatrosses flying by themselves above the ocean. Ah, where's the community? <laughs> Some of you think it's bad that you're turkeys, but the problem is not that you're a turkey. The problem is that you're trying to be an eagle. Stop trying to be an eagle. Right? Yes. Eagles are visionaries. They see further. But guess what? They're proud. They're aloof. They've got bad hair. Right? They're bald, bald eagles. You know? Francis is like, I'm an eagle. Stop insulting me. <laughs> but do you know what turkeys have? What, what does everybody have when they see a turkey? Thanksgiving. <laughs> Everyone's got Thanksgiving in their hearts. And yes, in their stomachs, but in their hearts. If you're a turkey, you need to be a turkey. Stop trying to be an eagle. The problem's not that you're a turkey. The problem is that you're trying to be an eagle. Yeah? We've got to remember who we're meant to be. Caca. Oh, just for you, Marty. One more. One more. Let's read this again in a new way to understand the way we work as a team here in church. If the production team should say, because I'm not a kid's host, I don't belong to the church, it is not for that reason any lesser part of the church. And if the barista should say, because I'm not a worship leader, I don't belong to the church, it is not for that reason any lesser part of the church. If the whole church was shredding on electric, who would disciple our children? If the whole church was on welcome, where would the making of coffees be? Where would the making of coffees be? <laughs> No, no, I mean, everyone's equally important, though. <laughs> but where would the making of coffees be? If the whole church was composed of musicians, who would tell them how special they are? <laughs> I mean, they would, wouldn't they? They still, they would, they still would. <laughs> you need to recognise that you are gifted uniquely, wonderfully, specifically, by design, on purpose, the way God planned it, so that when you come together, you offer your gifts to each other. And if you haven't done that, you need to start thinking about it. So this little bit is going to be a little bit awkward, more awkward if you're already feeling the awkwardness. I want you to turn to your buddy, just that one person with you, and tell them, what are your gifts? What do you bring? What are your spiritual gifts? What are your personality gifts? What are your talents? What are the things you bring? And then what I want you to do is speak into the other person's life. If you know them a little bit, speak from what you know. If you don't know them, speak words of encouragement over their life. Pray over them. There's, there's a particular importance on us understanding God's nature in terms of intimacy and awe, or what's sometimes called transcendence and imminence, but that's Maybe a bit more wordy. So let's go with intimacy and awe. Um, intimacy, I mean, you know what that means, right? Intimacy, closeness, awe, hugeness, beyond our comprehension. God is both at the same time. And so is our community. This is why we want to grow. Because when we have that more awe community, where there's so much diversity and variety, we go, I can't possibly be comfortable here all the time. Good. Christians are at their worst when they're too comfortable. 
We need to be comfortable enough to belong, and then we need to be, like Taryn talked about, out of our comfort zone, always. Comfort is the enemy of Christ. Christ didn't get up on the cross and go, oh, it's not bad, but splinters, you know? (laughs) He had other stuff to worry about, right? Comfort is our enemy as Christians, but inviting people into the comfort of God is our friend. And so... Why do we do this big worship, this variety stuff? Well, you ever played that desert island game where somebody says, oh, if you're trapped on a desert island, you can have one meal the rest of your life, what would it be? You know what the answer is? <laughs> no, it's not lasagna. The answer is no, no. I reject the premise of that game because whatever I chose, I would hate after about three days. No, I don't want to hate my favorite food. <laughs> Brandy's still like, no, lasagna though. Um, <laughs> I reject the premise of the game. We need... Variety. We need one another. We need the parts of the body that we don't understand as well. We need that. But likewise, we need intimacy, right? Because intimacy is where trust gains traction. Intimacy is where trust gains traction. So you get into a life group, like Jem said, and there's just something. You can be yourself. It's so easy. You can be yourself. So we're, you know, we call ourselves a real church. And I guess what I mean by that is on a Sunday, you can be like, 80% real, which is pretty good in a large group. And then in a life group, you can be like 92% real. And then you need to find people that you can do life with, one to two people, the same as Jesus did, who you can go 100% with, which means that your deepest feelings of inadequacy and awkwardness and sin, there is someone in your life who you can go, I know you are here to lift me up and not to judge me, to build me up. And I'm Giving this to you because a burden shared is a burden halved. We are sharing this burden together. This is what we do in Christ. But here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. We are part of, of the Catholic Church, little c, the whole Christian church across the globe, right? Past, present, and future. So in Hebrews 11, when they talk about the hall of faith and Moses and Abraham, we are part of that hall of faith. And we are sowing into people into the future. Now, if we're part of a Catholic church, if we're part of an ever-expanding universe, if we're part of an, a transcendent God who is above and beyond all our understanding, that means there is always room for more. Which brings me back to one of our cultural values, to have a plus one mentality. I want you to take a moment now as we finish, as you think about the sense of belonging to one another and the sense of that being an open circle. There's always room for more to belong to us, belong to Christ. Who is God placing on your heart for you to have is your plus one? Now, for those who haven't heard me talk about this, your plus one is one person that you can pray for on repeat, consistently, reach out to, invite when the, when the time is ripe to the appropriate space. Because for some people, they'll be more comfortable coming to church first. Some will be life group. Some will just be a coffee with you. But, or some will be a social setting, whatever. Just find the appropriate space, but pray, 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 pray. Reach out. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Who's the one person for you? Maybe there's two, but I would encourage you, if you can just go with one, go with one, because it'll help you focus. It's like light, right? When it's too diffused, it's too broad, but when you focus it, you can burn holes in things. It's science, people-ish. It's science-ish. So just think of one. Think of one person. I want you to take a moment now. Spend a moment in prayer. Just go, God, if if one person doesn't come to mind straight away, ask God to reveal someone to you. It might not be the most obvious person.
It might be someone you don't expect. It might be someone you really don't want it to be. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. For more information and resources, please check out our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review on your podcast provider. Have an amazing day. God bless.